Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the August 21st episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1905 through 1917 of the Catechism. Two, the common good, 1905. In keeping with the social nature of man, the good of each individual is necessarily related to the common good, which in turn can be defined only in reference to the human person. Do not live entirely isolated, having retreated into yourselves, as if you were already justified, but gather instead to seek the common good together. 1906. By common good is to be understood the sum total of social conditions which allow people, either as groups or as individuals, to reach their fulfilment more fully and more easily. The common good consists concerns the life of all, It calls for prudence from each and even more from those who exercise the office of authority. It consists of three essential elements. 1907. First, the common good presupposes respect for the person as such. In the name of the common good, public authorities are bound to respect the fundamental and inalienable rights of the human person. Society should permit each of its members to fulfil his vocation, in particular The common good resides in the conditions for the exercise of the natural freedoms, indispensable for the development of the human vocation, such as the right to act according to a sound norm of conscience and to safeguard privacy and the rightful freedom also in matters of religion. 1908. Second, the common good requires the social well-being and development of the group itself. Development is the epitome of all social duties. Certainly, it is the proper function of authority to arbitrate in the name of the common good between various particular interests, but it should make accessible to each what is needed to live a truly human life, food, clothing, health, work, education and culture, suitable information, the right to establish a family and so on. 1909. Finally, the common good requires peace, that is, the stability and security of a just order. It presupposes that authority should ensure, by morally acceptable means, the security of society and its members. It is the basis of the right to legitimate and personal and collective defence. 1910. Each human community possesses a common good which permits it to be recognised as such. It is the political community that is the most complete realisation where the most complete realisation is found. It is the role of the state to defend and promote the common good of civil society, its citizens and intermediate bodies. 1911. Human interdependence is increasing and gradually spreading throughout the world. The unity of the human family, embracing people who enjoy equal natural dignity, implies a universal common good. This good calls for an organisation of the community of nations able to provide for the needs of of men. This will involve the the sphere of social life to which belong questions of food, hygiene, education and certain situations arising here and there as, for example, alleviating the miseries of refugees dispersed throughout the world and assisting migrants and their families. 1912. The common good always is oriented towards the progress of persons the order of things must be subordinate to the order of persons and not the other way around. 
This is founded on truth, built up in justice and animated by love. 3. Responsibility and Participation 1913. Participation is the voluntary and generous engagement of a person in social interchange. It is necessary that all participate, each according to his position and role, in promoting the common good. This obligation is inherent to the dignity of the human person. 1914. Participation is achieved, first of all, by taking charge of the areas for which one assumes personal responsibility, by the care taken for education of his family, by conscientious work, and so on. Man participates in the good of others and of society. 1915. As far as possible, citizens should take an active part in public life. The manner of this participation may vary from one country or culture to another. One must pay tribute to those nations whose systems permit the largest possible numbers of citizens to take part in public life in a climate of genuine freedom. 1916. As with any ethical obligation, the participation of all in realising the common good calls for a continually renewed conversion of the social partners. Fraud and other certitudes by which some people evade the constraints of the law and the participations of societal obligation must be firmly condemned because they are incompatible with the requirements of justice. Much care should be taken to promote institutions that improve the conditions of human life. 1917. It is incumbent on those who exercise authority to strengthen the values that inspire the confidence of the members of the group and encourage them to put themselves at the service of others. Participation begins with the education and culture. One is entitled to think that the future of humanity is in the hands of those who are capable of providing the generations to come with reasons for life and optimism. Alright, so we finished another section here and we're looking, first of all, uh, today we were looking at the common good. This common good that we can't all be looking out just for what we ourselves want. Just for the good for ourselves. But that in society you need to have a common good. And that, you know, to try to aim for the good of as many people as possible. Again, in doing that, you can't walk over other people. In a sense, you can't say, well, look, if we enslave some people, then everything else will be fine. No. People need a minimum. They need to have shelter. They need to have education. They need to have their culture. They need to have certain things that it lists in the catechism. And these are fine. These are good. These are necessary. But then also there is a common good that allows the group be it the family, be it the, um, the be it a village, be it a, a county, be it a nation, be it even the whole world, that there is a common good there for everybody. And you can see it very well if you're living in a family. It's not that everybody in a family can do their own thing. It's not that everybody can decide, well, I'll eat dinner at three, I'll eat it at four, I'll eat it at five. And you end up, somebody has to say, no. One of the parents has to say, no, we're eating at five o'clock, that's it. You can want to eat at six, but no, but the family's eating at five. And that some people will be a little bit, uh, a little bit, um, uh, you know, uh, uncomfortable with this. But they still have to, they still have to participate in it for the common good of everybody. And again, it's something that has to have certain 
certain limits to it, that we can't be walking over the rights of other people, but that there has to be a minimum, a minimum attempt to get the, so, the, the, the common good and that we can't say, well, what I want is the only thing that matters. What's good for me is good for everybody. No, to look for this common good and this common good will help us, uh, especially this common good is seen as by having peace on earth. That our world has wars, our world has a lot of conflicts. And the common good that we need to search for is, first of all, is peace. To allow everything else to happen well. And so this common good is um, is something that is part of society. And then finally the Catechism was saying that we need to participate in society. That we can't ignore society. That we have to participate in it. Again, different uh, different degrees for different people. Also can be different degrees at different ages in your life. But that all of us needs to participate in society, helping to make the world a better place, helping to make our society a better place, helping to make our family a better place. That this is something that every person is called to, to have a certain public dimension, to help in the public life of society. And so, again, this section was the end of a section, so we'll finish up with the in brief. 1918. There is no authority except from God, and those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. 1919. Every human community needs an authority in order to endure and develop. 1920. The political community and public authority are based on human nature and therefore belong to an order established by God. 1921. Authority is exercised legitimately if it is committed to the common good of society. To attain this, it must employ morally acceptable means. 1922. The diversity of political regimes is legitimate, provided they contribute to the goods of the community. 1923. Political authority must be exercised within the limits of moral order and must guarantee the conditions for the exercise of freedom. 1924. The common good comprises the sum total of the social conditions which allow people, either as groups or as individuals, to reach their fulfilment more fully and more easily. 1925. The common good consists of three essential elements, respect for and promotion of the fundamental rights of the person, prosperity or the development of the spiritual and temporal goods of society, the peace and security of the group and of its members. 1926. The dignity of the human person requires the pursuit of the common good. Everyone should be concerned to create and support institutions that improve the conditions of human life. 1927. It is the, the role of the state to defend and promote the good, the common good of civil society. The common good of the whole family calls for an organisation of society on the international level. Okay, that finishes the section today and tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1928 through 1933. God bless.